Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to session number five. Hi, this is Paul Lemberg, and I want to welcome you to Orchestrating Success with Hugh Ballou. This podcast is all about ways to redefine leadership as a pathway to increasing your business or nonprofit income. Now, here's Hugh with today's session. Hey, it's Hugh. Thanks for joining me. Today's topic is how to build a high-functioning culture. I um, spent 40 years as a musical conductor. I'll use musical analogies. I can't help it. I know how to build a high-functioning culture. Worked 40 years building choirs, hired great orchestras. We put them together to create ensemble. The name of my companies is based on the combination of the words synergy and vision. Center vision represents, in a non-musical situation, that sense of ensemble, which is, defines a higher functioning culture. All of these very competent musicians don't give up their skill to be in a group. They enhance that skill with paying attention and performing together at a much higher level. And the conductor doesn't make it happen. The conductor inspires it and gives the space, just like the leader in a charity, a corporation, a nonprofit, a church, or a business, creates the space for people to function. I find that the biggest limit to high-functioning cultures is the leader, the autocratic leader that says, do this and do it this way. Well, that just pours cold water on human initiative and enthusiasm. I call myself the transformational leadership strategist because I'm not a coach, I'm not a consultant. I represent the integration of strategy and performance. We have a piece of music as a conductor. It's a piece of paper with dots. Nothing happens until we make it happen. So the performance mode is key. We're only as good as our team around us. If your team's not functioning, if your team's not representing your values and principles, we're in trouble. We are in trouble. So assimilating a high-performing team is, is an art. Let me give you Hugh's four steps. This is a sure-fire way to make sure that you have the right people in the right seat on the right bus. Building a high-functioning culture in the organization you're leading is very intentional. And it starts out, we talked in the last session about creating a strategy, and I gave you some beginning thinking points, and certainly it's a lot more complex than we can cover in a podcast. But I gave you some of the fundamental principles, and uh, in the, uh, the place I sent you, the definitive leader, thedefinitiveleader.com, um, there's some, some leadership lessons there, and there's a, a free report, Building a Sustainable Enterprise. Um, 
It's not by accident. We must create the strategy. Out of the strategy, we define the competencies we're going to need in our organization, on our board, on our staff, um, the other people, collaborators, affiliates, joint venture partners. It's a culture of high performance. And we, as the leader, define that culture. Transformational leadership is a leadership system that is a high-functioning, high-performing culture. The culture responds to every nuance of the leader, just like a very skilled orchestra responds to every nuance of the conductor. It's no accident. We influence and empower people. We limit people. So after we've worked on ourselves, we want to make sure which was the first step and then the strategy. Now, only now, can we find the right people to fit the values and the principles we've defined in our culture, in the strategy. Well, here's, the, here's the four steps. And by the way, when you go to hubaloopodcast.com, you get the link to this lesson that's printed out if you didn't write it all down or if you're driving. hubaloopodcast.com will take you to the landing page that lists all these podcasts and the the um, transcription of what I'm talking about. Don't expect you to remember it all, so we've written it out for you. And if there's a download, it'll be linked on that page. Number one, you want to make sure you've defined the competency for the people you want on your team. We've done this in a strategy. You sit down and you make a list. Here's all the people I need, and here's the sequence. Your strategy defines what you need when. When do you need this competency? And do you have the resources to pay them? Do you have the resources for their office? Do you have the resources for the marketing budget that they need or the office space? Whatever. Have you thought through the sequence of when they come on? When they do come on, you've already defined the competency. And by the way, in this series, I have a, an interview with uh, Justin Reckla. He does background checks. And in business and in charity, there's an alarming amount of money that disappears because we haven't done the sufficient background check. And he's going to give you some things to think about. A lot of leaders lose a lot of money. I don't care if you're running a dentist office, local charity, um, multinational enterprise. There are leaders who lose money because we've not done this step and because we haven't put some safeguards into place. We can't skip over verifying the competency. If they said on their resume they've got an MBA from Harvard, you should check out. Is that true? Do they really have an MBA or did they just go there one time and, and take a couple of classes? There's a huge difference. Check out the competencies. Make sure that this person has the competencies you need. Number one step is competency. Two, role and responsibility. I suggest that you do a statement of your role, for instance, your role is marketing. Your responsibility is to create and implement marketing plans that will increase our revenue by X, 25%, pick a number, and increase our profit by X. You want to do both. Increase your sales, increase your profit. 
This replaces the standard job description, which is a it builds silos. That's not my job. You've heard that statement. Well, no. Your role and responsibility is to not only do marketing, but to collaborate with others on the team. Because if we're going to build a budget, we need to know what your needs are. And so part of defining your marketing plan is defining your marketing budget and defining the outcomes. Very clear, your role and responsibility, it replaces a t list of tasks and we don't put people in the box called a job description and we don't create silos. We create a culture of collaboration. It starts with everybody sharing role responsibility and how do we work together. Third step in the process is to make sure this person fits our culture. Part of our strategy is we have looked at our core values. What do we believe be true? What values, if they're missing, would be a deal breaker? And then from those core values, we've written guiding principles. The guiding principles define your culture. I used to love to go to Disney World in Florida with my, my kids growing up. I don't know who had more fun, them or me. What I noticed was everybody that we saw, everybody we interacted with, no matter where they worked, treated us as the guest. They entertained us. Their principles are that everybody, even the people sweeping the streets, they'll stop, answer your questions, and make sure you're happy. They want you to have a good experience. Everybody working for Disney understands that. I don't know for a fact, but I do know from observing the culture that their culture is very clearly defined. It works. They also make a lot of money and they have a lot of satisfied customers. So number three is making sure they fit your culture. If they don't fit your culture, it will be like a cancer that infects the culture and will always cost you money. It costs money to hire people, it costs money to replace people, and it costs money to keep a person on board. It's not working. It really poisons the culture. That's a very important step that most people overlook. And number four, it's the assimilation piece. We don't think about assimilation. We just say, oh, they're an expert, just go to work. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. How do we ensure their success? They're fitting into a culture we've already established, or maybe we're starting a culture. We're just launching an enterprise. Either way, it's important to understand that um, they know how they're going to succeed. And there's two different kinds of challenges with a startup and somebody joining a business that's already underway. We want to make sure they're going to be successful because we've done a good job of finding the right person. And the missing document here is performance expectations. Okay, they're going to be in charge of marketing. Well, what will they accomplish in what period of time? This is a very specific set of targets, uh, milestones for the year. And you have a conversation with the new person and saying, here's my expectations for this position. How will you make that happen? And we don't tell them we've hired a competent person. We get to approve what they say. 
we want them to define the pathway because they are in fact the marketing expert, not us. If we are, we need to get out of their way. There's a reason you've hired a person, let them do the job. When I hired orchestras for my mega churches, I would hire the best players possible. I didn't get the best oboe player in town and then tell them how to play the oboe. What I did was say, let's shape the music. This is my interpretation. And a consummate professional understands that dynamic. They're very good at what they do. I'm very good at the big picture. The same thing is here. You have this champion marketer. You shape the results. They play the notes. We want to let them play the notes, but we tell them what the outcome looks like. So performance expectations are like mini goals, mini, M-I-N-I. What happens the first week, second week, third week, first month, second month, third month? We can't do too much detail mm, past 90 days, but, the, but we can say the first year, this, this is what we need to accomplish. And in the first 30, 60, 90 days, here's some milestones. Um, and they can help you check to see if it's reasonable. They can help you think about how to make it happen. And they will write down the tactics and the deliverables for that. The deliverables are your action items. Deliverables are completions. They're not activity. They are results-based completions. Don't write up those. The person writes them and gives them to you. If they write them, you'll have a validation they've understood. Sometimes we tell people what we want and we think they understood and they don't really understand. If they write down, here's how I'm going to get there, here's the expectations, then you know they understood. And part of over-functioning as leaders, we write it up and give it to them. No, they write it up, give it to us. We get to approve it. We get to modify it. And then we have weekly flash meetings. How are you doing? We have a regular check-in period where we're not micromanaging. We are mentoring. This is a, um, this is a risk reduction strategy. We don't delegate and forget it. We delegate and we support. Make sure they have the information needed. Make sure the objectives are really clear. And make sure there's an accountability of weekly check-in meetings. We have measurable outcomes. So your objectives, your deliverables are written in present tense. I will have accomplished X. Very important. Your team is the core of your, your organization. Your culture defines your organization. And everybody in that culture represents your organization. Why do we treat this so casually? I don't know. Hiring is a very skill-based operation. It's already hard. Let's make sure that we mitigate our risks. It's not good for the person or for us if we hire the wrong person and put them in the wrong position. By the way, this applies to board members in business and in church and in nonprofit. This applies to volunteers. You don't want to ask somebody to volunteer in a charity for something they have no competency for. Leadership is based on relationship. Communication is founded on relationship. Results, finances are based on relationships. If you, the leader, find the right people, learn to delegate, figure out what you shouldn't be doing, make sure you assign it and then support and mentor, you raise the bar 
of functioning in your culture. The high functioning culture defines your results. I see so many leaders who get stuck. They get stuck and their organization can't go any further. John Maxwell calls it the law of the lid. It's our ability to lead that limits the organization. The second limit is the the people around us, which is still our ability to lead, but we need to lead the right people in the right place with the right set of instructions. This is Hugh Ballou, the transformational leadership strategist, wishing you success. And here's a tip for the weary and the frantic. You're weary and frantic because you've not spent the right time in vetting, qualifying, and really asking the right questions of your team. When you're exploring the fit for the culture, ask open-ended questions. Listen carefully to the answers and observe what's going on with them. You observe with your eyes, you listen with your ears, you can determine a whole lot of stuff. We can eliminate us setting up something that will cause us stress and then be weary and frantic because we don't know how to fix it. Do your job, do your due diligence, get the right people, empower them, and then get out of the way. This is Hugh Ballou, the Transformational Leadership Strategist. I'll see you in the next session. Thanks for listening today to the Orchestrating Success Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes to stay focused on ways to redefine leadership and increase your profit. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.